Welcome to Back Porch Bible Studies, where friends come and talk about what the Bible says about our God. My name is Deborah Geisels, and I'll be your host on this weekly podcast. You know, it's been said that the heart can't love what the mind doesn't know. So here, we'll study to know our God, and to know Him is to love Him. So, grab a drink and settle in for an afternoon of catching up and talking about our great God. Welcome, friend, to my back porch. As we've been going through Ephesians, we've been learning to walk in a manner worthy of our calling by loving one another as Jesus has loved us. Remember back in chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, Paul reminded us that to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, we were to do it all with humility, gentleness, and patience. Wow. Remember what humility was? It was a deep sense of one's moral littleness. For the fallen creature, it is the acknowledgement, not of sinfulness, but of our creatureliness, of absolute dependence, having nothing but receiving all things from God. Humility. Gentleness was a gentle attitude of spirit in which we accept God's dealings with us as good and do not dispute or resist. Well, that's a hard one. When things come our way, are we good with it? Are we good with God being sovereign, with him being God and us not? And then the other thing that Paul pointed out was that to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, we needed to do it with patience, tolerant of one another. The opposite is to focus on me, my agenda, my wants, my, my needs. Showing tolerance from one another and love in regard to the errors or weaknesses in others. Yeah, that's a pretty high calling. Humility, gentleness, and patience. We've been called to a higher calling. So why do we have to have a higher calling? Treat people different than people of our culture. Because we've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because Jesus made us alive when we were dead. Because we've been rooted and grounded in love and sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. We are co-heirs with Christ. We're not being asked to pour out of empty, but to love others with the bounty of love which we've been loved. We've got so much that God calls us to love like he loves. Now this may seem obvious, but sometimes you just need to say it out loud. You cannot walk in a manner worthy of your calling if you aren't loving people. It's not an attitude of your mind. We must walk it out in relationships. Look, the way we treat people, the people we like, and who think the way we do, and people we strongly disagree with is a report card on how we walk in our calling. Let me say that again. The way we treat people is a report card on how we walk in our calling. Today we're going to dive into two passages to explore how each teach us about the beauty of loving as Jesus loves through mm -hmm, submission. Ephesians 6, 1 through 9, and 1 Peter 2, 18 through 14 are going to be our text for the day. Turn with me first to Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. 
as it delves into relationships, particularly within the family and the workplace. You see, in Ephesians 6.1, it commands children to obey their parents and for parents not to provoke their children. Read it with me. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Then he moves into the workplace. Here he talks about slaves. And in the context of that time, we might relate it to employees and employers of our time. He commands the slaves to serve their masters with sincerity of heart and masters to treat their slaves with fairness. The key here is that these verses stress submitting to one another with respect and love, regardless of the role or position we hold. Read it with me in verse 5. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. He's talking about authenticity here. Verse 7, with goodwill render service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing each one does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. Uh, did Paul forget something? Haven't we been talking about persevering the unity of the spirit in the body of Christ? Then why does he suddenly in Ephesians 5 and 6 give these daily examples of relationships that may or may not be members of the body? People who may not even be Christians. He talks about a wife and a husband are to submit to one another. It doesn't say if they're believers. It just says, submit. And then he says, children and parents may or may not be believers. That's not the qualifier for our submission. The same with slaves and masters, because the master of both is God, and he shows no partiality between the slaves and the masters. We're going to see how Peter does the same thing almost word for word. What does submitting to one another, regardless of position, have to do with unity, with one anothering? Isn't one anothering all about how we treat one another within the body of Christ? Yes. So it begs the question, how then does submitting to those in authority over us and under us preserve the unity of the body? I keep referring to 1 Peter when he makes this same bold statement Paul made in Ephesians. Only here, Peter is talking about submitting to human institutes where Paul called them masters. Were they copying from one another? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's just another example of two human beings used by the same Holy Spirit to pen the words of God to believers about walking in a manner worthy of our calling. All right, listen to 1 Peter 2, verse 13. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human institute, whether it is a king as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. 
For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom for a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people. No qualifier there. Love the brotherhood. That would be other believers. Fear God. Honor the king. No qualifier. The next verses in, in 1 Peter 2 goes on to show how we should endure suffering patiently, even when it's unjust, just as Jesus did when he suffered for our sins. It emphasizes the idea of submission and humility. By being patient and enduring hardships, we imitate Christ's sacrificial love for us. He bore our sins on the cross, showing us the ultimate act of love. Read it with me, First um, Peter two eighteen. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But... If when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. For you have been called for this purpose. Wait, what purpose? He's going to spell it out here. Verse 21. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Verse 24, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Here it is, the purpose. So that, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. Jesus' submission, his willingness to put us first, opened the way for salvation. And as verse 21 says, For you have been called for this purpose too. In both Ephesians 6 and Peter, 1 Peter 2, the call for authenticity, submission, and our love for God resonates deeply urging us to embody these virtues in our relationships. These passages powerfully assert that our interactions within family and work settings are not superficial obligations. They are deeply intertwined with our accountability to God and our passionate love for Him. Think about that. That our interactions within family and work situations aren't superficial obligations. They are literally deeply intertwined with our accountability to God and our passionate love for Him. The way we do life with others must stem from an authentic and devoted relationship with God. It's not a matter of mere compliance with those in authority or even to God Himself, but a genuine expression of love humility, and grace that we have experienced through our intimate relationships with our God. Living Christian lives means treating others with honor, kindness, and genuine love, qualities that radiate from our profound love for God and His love for us. 
It's a response that we love others because he first loved us. The essence of submitting to God and to each other, as exemplified by Jesus during his time on earth, it's not merely a directive, but the very fabric of our relationship with God and our interactions with one another. When we truly love God, this agape love becomes the driving force, shaping our conduct, shaping it with compassion, fairness, empathy. Remembering our divine calling is crucial. It's about mirroring the example Jesus set. Neglecting this calling not only disrupts harmony within the body of believers, but also distorts our reflection of the love and humility Jesus embodied. We need to reflect him. When we deviate from this path, seeking validation from others, we inadvertently deceive ourselves, falling into the trap of being mere people pleasers, as Paul mentioned. However, Embracing the love of Christ instills in us a humility that recognizes our dependence on God, enabling us to love others just as Jesus loves us. This is precisely why I believe Paul emphasizes the importance of submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. It's not, it's not just about preserving the unity of the body among believers. It's a profound way to show Christ, Christ's transformative love to a world that hasn't yet encountered him. We're his storyteller. Our unity, rooted in mutual submission and reverence for Jesus, serves as a powerful testimony, demonstrating the beauty of Christ's love in action. We draw others towards the life-changing relationship with Christ that leads to eternal love when we submit to one another. Thank you for joining us today on Back Porch Bible Studies. We are a ministry of women in Christian leadership. We are here to encourage, educate, and elevate women to live for Jesus Christ in God's glory. We do this by building a culture of sisterhood to equip women to know God's truth through His Word and to live authentically through the love of Christ. Please visit our website at womeninchristianleadership.com to learn more about upcoming events. Back Porch Bible Studies would like to thank our sponsor, the faith-based business of Millennium Metals, in business to serve Christ.